next to my bathroom in my basement. This is my worst holiday. My worst holiday. Chopper cover shrooms, party corpse, so was deep with a gerbil bereavement. One, two, three, psychiatrist, ketamine, anyone? I'd never pooped in an encyclopedia. Dad, 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 can we get a little kitty with a gay, 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 gay wrestling promoter? We rub his clip with our extra light bone. This is my worst holiday! slow down the it didn't slow down the natty light drinkers at all they're they're still they're still right, out they, there re representing anheuser-busch yeah so it'll be fine with natural light they don't they don't care it's uh it's all good then you know like uh love the ladies if you're a lady love the guys if you're a guy uh but not if you're bud light so we're still making the same amount of money just with different products so we don't care all right uh uh, somebody, uh, somebody signed me up for a a gay magazine one time. It was called The Advocate, and and I read it. And I was loving it. I was like, yeah, well, this is cool. And and uh, this is like twenty five, like twenty five years ago. And I remember there was a Bud Light uh, advertisement in it, and somebody was pulling one a bottle out of the six pack and it said another one coming out. <laughs> I, I, that's that's man, fucking fantastic. Now passport. 25 years later, now everybody's got their fucking panties in a bunch, you know, because Bud Light supports the gay community. What they really support, which is what why these people are protesting is insane, is they 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 really support capitalism. Hey, if we do this to this market, we can increase our market share here. We'll make more money. It's pure unadulterated capitalism. They should support that. Apparently, they didn't listen to Reagan. Well. <laughs> They've got a duty to their stockholders. Right, right, exactly. They're cockholders. Let's see. Okay, well, that was a set. Fist. <laughs> oh, I just made that one. <laughs> hey, stockholders. Hey, cockholders. That, that sounds like that sounds like a Hallmark movie. <laughs> there we go. Now we're up. There we go. All right. So now we're live on Facebook as well as live on uh, YouTube. Uh, which is my worst holiday podcast on YouTube today. We have, we have Barry Norman back. This fucker is amazing. He's a writer. He's a director. He's got he's got seven books out. He's got another one coming out uh, called uh, Grandpa's Bad Day. Is that what it is? It's a uh, uh, bad, bad day, day for, for Grandpa. Grandpa. You were you were bad close. I was so fucking close. This is why I'm not a professional, <laughs> folks. And from a room next to my bathroom in my basement. This is my worst holiday, a podcast about your worst wedding, bachelor party, bachelorette party, or whatever's funny after the fact. We want to hear it today. Barry Norman, say hello. Hello. Hello, everybody. He's my yeah, favorite, favorite guy. <laughs> right there, are they 30 seconds for your first drink with me on the show. Okay, that, that's a new record. <laughs> Actually, I usually get primed. I had two Bloody Marys at the golf course before I got out here. So, uh. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, but two Bloody Marys and nine holes, you kind of burn it off. So it, it, it's not really a... Okay, a, so you, you, you think the cardio's already burned all that alcohol off? Oh, that's oh, so yeah. cute. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're golf course drinks. It's not like they're pouring you heavy, you know? It's like... 
Did they have celery stalks in them? No, no, I said no fixins. I, I, uh, like out on a golf course, the, the last thing you want is like an olive and, and a celery stalk and a, a, a beef jerky or whatever that, you know, like loaded up with a straw. You, you don't want that, you know? You need like, the Rodney Dangerfield keg in, in the oh. bag thing. I, I was always wondering if any company ever made that with the radio to any week. What good luck could do. So what? So what? So what stands? So what stands? Exactly. Fucking love that fucker. Let's see what we got here in the live chats yet. Alrighty. So, so Mary, you got the floor. Tell us all about you, where you're from, who you are. Uh, do the whole roundabout, and then we'll talk about story time and shit like that. We'll talk about Bud Light more, maybe uh, natural light. And uh, we want, and I, I want to know what Bud Light seltzers, like, like you think that would be the one that they'd be after. Bud Light uh, seltzer. Anyway, <laughs> Bud Light seltzer. It's right. It's a with tangerine Bud Light. Now, don't they? Don't they already actually have a whole set of? those hard liquor things or hard spritzers or hard wine coolers or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, they do. Actually, actually, they're not too bad, but you, you think that like, uh, uh, well, you know, you know, uh, no, I'm not, you know, no, not going to do it. So anyway, <laughs> no, no product placement on the show. <laughs> well, yeah, huge you know, product placement. Thank God. Thank God. Even though I'm drinking, thank God. There's a little guy in my head. Sometimes that goes, don't go there. And you go, <laughs> okay. Thank God you ignore most of the time. Don't go there. Well, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. No, you're not. Don't do it. Yes, you should. Don't. Yeah. Well, okay. My, my, my wife gets mad when the little devil wins. Really? Or is he, at this point, does he kind of expect it? Yeah. She goes, oh, I drink scotch. I drink a lot of scotch. Uh, uh, tonight, I'm drinking a, a wonderful uh, Irish um, offering. It's called Patties. But, but Patties, and, uh, I, I would guess that was Irish. Irish, yep. But when I have too much of it, uh, she says, she calls, I, I turn into Scott. She says, your name's Scott. I'm no longer Mark. Now I'm Scott for short for Scotch, I guess. I don't know. But okay. Well, like, well, well Scott's coming out. Time, to go. There this long. <laughs> yeah, time for us to leave. Scott's here, you know. <laughs> so anyway, you asked me who I am. That's a good question. Let's see. I live in Gloucester, Massachusetts, originally from Brookline. I've been kicked out of every decent state in the country. I lived in uh, Georgia, Florida, Colorado, New York, Connecticut. Uh, let's see, where else have I lived? Uh, Maine, where I had a movie theater. Uh, yes, the movie theater. It, it, you, you still have that, or you got no, rid of that? Thank God. Well, I, my, when my doggy passed away in 2019, I couldn't take, because he went with me every single day. So oh, okay. I, took, I sold that in 2019, thank God, because obviously the pandemic was the following year. And film exhibition has never been the same. You cannot survive, especially with a little single screen no theater. So he got me out of that. No, he saved my life in a million ways by forced me to sell my theater then. I mean, the guy that I sold to, he's still there, but he has more money than me. So he's able to keep it going. It can't stick around much longer. It's just impossible. People aren't going to the movie. I mean, look, uh, uh, the, the new Raiders of the Lost Ark is, is dying on the vine. Yeah, People yeah, aren't going yeah. to see movies anymore. They, they, even the old folks that were my main um, demographic, after a year and a half of the pandemic, shutting down movie theaters, they finally figured out how to stream to their nieces and nephews and grandchildren. Now they go, wow, I can sit at home, I can pause, I can go to the bathroom, I can drink a whole Patty's bottle, and it won't matter if I fall asleep because I watch it again the next day. So movie exhibition, as far as I'm concerned, it's on its death rattle, so thank God I'm out of that. 
Right. right. And now I'm still um, this summer. I'm actually trying to produce three films because um, I have the summer off because I'm actually a substitute teacher. That's what I've been doing the last year. I know two years. I said, no, yeah, let's see. What can you do in your mid 60s? Let's teach a school that's mostly um, Central South Americans and Brazilians and Haitians. Firstly, hardly any of them speak English. And I love this job. <laughs> the last time you was on, the last time you was on, you was, you was a substitute teacher. You're like you just started, and you was talking about like dressing up as weird as possible, and they just fucking loved you. I, like, I won best dress for this past year, dress. so 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 yes. take that for it. So yeah, I, I I did it. I think I told you I did it as a one-off. There were so many fights when I started when I started in 2021. I I had purple sneakers just because I had purple sneakers. So I said I'm going to buy purple socks, purple pants, and a purple shoe. Shirt, and I'm going to be one day. I'm going to be whatever they want to call me, Prince, the Purple Haze, you know, the Flying Purple People Eater, the Purple Idiot. <laughs> and all of a sudden, these students would come up to me and start fist bumping. Hey, nice drip, sir. Uh, I didn't know what that meant. Being an old guy, when you got called a drip, you're fighting. Nice drip, nice fit. They started talking to me. So I realized this actually opened up lines of communication with students. Right. Who, so I became a you no know, a, a fan favorite. You know, a baby face in pro wrestling. Then they started hearing about my background and I worked in the music industry. I worked in television, you know, including the Olympics. I worked, um, I'm a filmmaker. I, I own my own movie theater. I worked in aviation. They never heard of that. You know, they, they were told as, you know, for, from their parents, you know, you find that one job, whatever it is, and that's what you do. And here I've been all over the place. That's what you did. You've done so many things. Uh, everybody, we're talking to Barry Norman. Uh, he's a writer, director, actor. Um, he's he's working on three movies right now. Uh, Aaron Hawkins is watching. He has a movie out called Evil Lurks. You can find it on Tubi. Uh, he's a great guy too. But uh, Barry is he's got seven books out, soon to be uh, eight. Uh, and what was it again? Yes. Uh, Bad day for Grandpa. Bad day for Grandpa. That's right. Bad day for Grandpa. I did every fucking thing I could do to put that cover on my Facebook, and for the fucking life of me. I could not get it up there. I got, I got the whole bio. I got your MB, MIMBD. I got everything up there. And I swear to God, I was ready to throw my fucking phone across the fucking field. I was losing my shit. I think I can tell you why that was. That's okay. the first of all my covers that I designed myself. So whatever I did to create that obviously does not integrate with, with Dude. social media. You had me, you had a gun at my fucking head. Like, I'll fucking do it. I swear to God, I'll fucking do it. If that fucking picture don't get up there. Like, I mean, I'm like, I tried every fucking thing and it just wouldn't plant. And so I'm you like, were able to see it. This is part of what he's on for. This has to go up there. And like after four fucking hours, four fucking hours, I'm, I, I threw my phone to the back seat. Like I was like, I was even in my car trying to, like, fuck it, god damn it, like, fuck it. Now, when I, when I finally sent it to your email, I kept on trying to send it to you on Facebook. Yeah. Messenger, that's how they, 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 were able to finally actually open it and see it? Mm-hmm. And I did. And I took a picture of it. And then I went on Facebook. Right. And I tried to go, and, and then the picture thing wouldn't come up to where I could bring it back on. I, I took a snapshot. And, like, and I can't fuck up a snapshot. And then it still wouldn't fucking go. And I'm like, like, I'm serious, man. 
I was fucking absolutely out of my fucking. That's why I went golfing. Like, like I, I, got, I, I drove you to golf. Yes, I'm like I got to get a cocktail. I got to get out in nature because like I'm losing my shit. Well, like the only thing I can say is this is that's the only cover that I designed myself. I finally got one of those websites where design your own cover. Okay. And I did it and I actually liked it. And right, that's everybody. the only one you can't put up Here there. Here it is. Here that, is the fucking it. cover. You can't stop me from doing this, you fucking bricks. <laughs> so here it is. Here is the cover of Barry's new book that's coming out. Bad day for grandpa. As soon as it hits, this guy is a genius. So you need to read everything that this guy does. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway. well, well, this book is different because this is a compilation of all my short time. stories. So I have no idea. Now, the, 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 the title came from this. When I was living in Maine, there was a store across the street uh, called uh, Cool as a Moose. It just sold stuff that was like for Maine. So I was there one day with my dog and also these two customers, one was talking to the other and he said, yeah, that sounds like a bad day for grandpa. So I just wrote that down for some reason. I liked that as a title. I had no idea how I was going to use it. So I have all these short stories that I've written over the years. Uh, most of them are funny. One is actually a long short story, which is kind of serious. It kind of uh, combines. Uh, you you got to like ideas. a long short story. A lot as well. It's 10,000 words. That's like the longest you can possibly have of any you know, publication that publishes short stories. That's it. And that they will have to break it up into parts to do it. Um, but most of it are really, really short stories that I think that I hope are funny. Um, I finally decided, um, are you old enough to remember the, like the TV show, uh, The Man from Uncle? Yes. Well, yes. every remember every episode had a title for it, right? Like this episode right. is "Nice Day But Don't Rain." At some point in that episode, one of the characters will say "Nice Day But Don't Rain." So right. I decided right. I actually have to have a story that's about a bad day for Grandpa. So I asked Chat GBT. I think, I, think that, I think the man from Uncle kind of set the standard for that, and then Bleed Squad would do it, but they do the opposite of it. Like, the opposite of what they would like avoid they, any they words of title police squad they'd make the title for it but it right. had absolutely nothing to do with the fucking episode oh well that's kind of what bad day for grandpa is until i decided i i gotta do the man from uncle thing so i asked chat gbt which has actually become the bane of my existence as a teacher because these kids are some of them they don't speak english well use it to write their papers so we've had to block it so I right. asked him to write, I said, write me a 3,000 word short story about a bad day for grandpa. So of course it wrote me the Hallmark version, all the bad things like he trips in the kitchen and he spills his cereal all over the place. Uh, it's things like that happen to it. So three quarters of the way, I decided I can't let this be the entire short story, bad day for grandpa. So I take over the writing. So of course, at that point, I turn it into the most horrible, bizarre, you know, sexually incomparable crap that could happen to grandpa. So there is actually a story of someone saying, no, because that's not until the very end. Why no, the hell are we going, the, are we going back into the Bud Light thing with what happened to grandpa sexually? Or right. are we going back into uh, uh, maybe the natural light thing that happened to grandpa naturally? Uh, are we are, are we seltzering grandpa? What, well, what, I guess a little bit of both. It basically has a next door neighbor. 
No, who, who comes into the picture. You know, the, the fence thing, the, the whole Wilson from uh, um, or whatever, Tool Time. So there's a next door neighbor and somehow bad neighbor, grandpa, everything that happens to him in, in the house spills over into with the neighbor next door. All right. And so well, and the neighbor said, do you like right. that light in theater? No. Okay. All right. Just I heard it. someone say Bud Light. <laughs> Are they offering or I mean? <laughs> yes, we I'm will drink Bud Light on the, the show. Neighbor, the neighbor offered offered uh if, if you're in the gop if you're offered a bud light obviously now well I, since i haven't yet published a book i can change into that i kind of like that to introduce, oh, really? introduce a bud light into bad day for grandpa barry and maybe neighbors see him having if a you, bud light if you allow me to write lines in your book i will be forever grateful like, like oh my god i've got a credit you know like of some sort like, you know, you will absolutely. I, I might right dedicate now, the book to you. Right, right, right. Unfuck you. Right now, like I'm completely credit, creditless. That's what I am. I, okay. Uh, well, we know where I'm, I'm going to. Since I haven't published this book yet, I, I was planning on doing it this fall. I am definitely going to put you no know, parts of Bad Dave or Grandpa, the final story that Chat GPT wrote part of, and I wrote part of. You are now a partial writer to that story, which means you, you are full, you're credit. full of shit. You are full of shit. I am not full of shit. You, when this book comes <laughs> out, well, we can we can do another. I know two times in one year might be too much me for for your podcast, but I guarantee you I, I that can never is get getting enough in you, the book. I can never get enough you. I, uh, <laughs> oh God! Uh, now, like like oh, I got a credit. Looks like I made it. <laughs> you are not going to get any credit. I'm not, because I actually haven't a dedication to this book. Who I will dedicate, I might actually dedicate, but not only you get a credit, a writer's credit for the book, I might dedicate the book. Why, why not? I mean, if I'm going to get you in there, I mean, we're going to have Bud Light in there, and, and who knows what kind of lawsuit that may lead to, which would be exactly, great. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I get, share the, I get a credit, but I also get a share in the, you know, the lawsuit. Uh, right, I, I got a credit in, in the credit in the book. Like a, a product. You're blinking up, buddy. All I got was this lousy land. See, once we start talking lawsuits, it, bl it, it blinks us out. Yeah, that's what I said because I kept going, ah, give it, oh, give it. Like, are, are you on a 30 second legal delay just in case I say something worse no. than you? I, I, think, I, think, I think it's the internet going, it's day on the unblight link thing. So like, stay on the Bud Light thing or get off the Bud Light thing. Stay on the uh, Bud Light thing, yeah. Like, stay on the uh, on the Udbay Itlay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's actually a good name for a beer, Udbay Itlay. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay, fucking any brewers out there? We just trademarked that uh, big Latin beer. That's all right. Right. It is. It is fixed in a tangible, no, a flat uh, format. We have copyrighted it. That is our idea. It's our idea. You can't. You can't take it. You can't sue us. You can't do any. Oh my God! This book is going to be my biggest seller. It's, it's it was, slay. It was, I like to drink it's slay. It's light. It's slay. Schlitz. Oh, it, is Schlitz still make a beer? Is Schlitz still around? Oh yeah, it's really good. How about Narragansett? Are they still around? Who? Oh, that does tells me everything about Narragansett. Uh, there there used to be a beer called Narragansett. Now, um, how about have you heard of Carling Black Label? Yes. Label Black Fun Label. Fun fact about 
Okay, after I tell this story, I got to get a fan because it's hot as fuck in here. Um, right. But uh, here's the thing. Black Label, like back in the late 80s, early 90s, we used to hang out at the lake, and somebody would stay on the shore, and we'd be floating around at, at, at these lakes. They're, they're um, strip mining lakes, and they're clean as fuck. Like at night, you can see your feet when you're like hanging onto an inner tube. You can see your feet at night. Clean. Beautiful lakes. And somebody, you'd yell, beer me! And somebody would throw like, you know, like an old Milwaukee or a, a Natty Light. And and they'd, they'd hit the water and then they'd, they'd pop up. You know, or it's going to foam, but it doesn't matter, you're in the water. Beer me! Black label. Steel can. <laughs> Boop! Death charge. Straight to the fucking butt. We're like... <laughs> It took us like it took us like four or five to learn that black label don't fucking float. <laughs> like that's the best that they could have you. Black label brewery is actually in Massachusetts on Lake Situate, the most polluted lake ever. We would go, we would go out there as you know as teens to you know Colleen Black Label for the the beer tour. Just to, mm-hmm. it was one of those things. Who could actually stomach drinking an entire can of Black Label? It's that bad, and I'm putting in the book. I mean, I'm going to have Bud Light or, or no, they're all, they're all going and they're all going in the final story. Bad day for grandpa, half written by a GBT, half written by you, half written, wait, wait, half and half and half. No, okay, my, my math is never my best subject. You, you, want, you want to go quarter, quarter, quarter? Maybe, uh, like mathematically, I'm just saying, maybe if you find another, uh, you know, a, a fourth, you know, you got a whole book. <laughs> well, I mean, we can Yogi Bear it up. 90% of writing is 10% mental. And, and I suck at math. I mean, really, really bad. Like, yeah, terrible. So, well, right. not not as bad as me. I mean, I actually had to at the beginning of this last year. They had me teaching chemistry for two months. I haven't had chemistry for fifty chemistry? months. It's a lot of math. Oh, yeah. I bought a book, Chemistry for Dummies, and that didn't help. I mean, you're not quite as dumb as you no know, as they think, or I actually am dumber than to read a book, Chemistry for Dummies, and be able to teach it to kids mostly from Central and South American Haiti. <laughs> so, so that didn't go very well teaching chemistry. They, they were trying what to get people to teach science or math. What was that uh, that Leonardo DiCaprio movie, the Catch Me If You Can or whatever? Right, right. He just read a, he just read the chapter ahead, you know, and then came in. So, like, like uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Chemistry Except he, so Frank Abernale, he would actually be able to teach him. Like, he was a lawyer, passed the bar. He actually, you know, pulled into becoming a doctor. So he actually would have been able to teach chemistry. Right. I, not so right. much. Right. I got to get a fan because I'm going to fucking die if I don't. I will be okay. back in a minute and a half. Okay, so I have 90 seconds to amuse people, huh? Should I just so start I singing the, the theme song from Jeopardy? Just, just entertain everybody. Vary, do a song, do a dance. Uh, they like, don't want to hear me uh, sing. Well, Magina, uh, I don't know what you guys do. It's a. Uh, does anyone out there know Hava? Hava Nagil. He did the first couple of bars. No. Okay. Well, let's see. I can tell you about um, some of these movies that I'm trying to produce. Uh, one of them is called uh, uh, Demolition Dance. It's about a. a guy that owns a garage with his dad and he put it in such bad financial straits that he figured out the only way he can make the money to save his garage is he has to win the local demolition derby that has a huge uh, no payoff at the end. He's won this demolition derby the last 10 years in a row, but for some reason he did something bad and the, 
and the, the, the company that has the demolition derby won't let him drive in it, but he has to have a family member who is going, so he decided it's going to be his cousin. His cousin was a, um, this all takes a place in Buffalo. And his cousin went off to become a, uh, a dance choreographer and had some big uh, music videos with like uh, Jennifer Lopez. But in his heart, he's still a Buffalo guy that says D's and Dems and those and drinks Natty Light. So he is going to be the driver of the Demolition Derby. And by the way, he's gay. So this guy in front of mine on Facebook, he reaches out to me to try to cast the gay choreographer who's gonna be the Demolition Derby driver to try to save their garage he knows I used to work in professional wrestling. So he wants Chris Jericho to be the snow. He's actually the main star of this movie, Demolition Dance, to be the gay choreographer who's sucked up all his money by starting a dance studio. But he's going to be the driver in the Demolition Derby to go try to save his, his first cousin's garage. So I did get, I contacted a guy I haven't spoken to in years who um, he used to be a writer for the Miami Herald. He had a, a professional wrestling column. He's now one of the you know, people that started AEW. So I, I haven't spoken to him to years. I emailed him because I still had that. He answered me right away. He gave me the uh, Chris Jericho's agent's number. So if Chris Jericho accepts the part, I get a producer's credit for being the one that you know, got Chris Jericho, professional wrestler, to star as a gay choreographer, demolition driver. Oh, that would be uh, fantastic. It, it would definitely oh, that would be great. I, I, Jericho could do a flamboyant character perfectly. That guy, I think he could. I, could, I think he could do that very well. Well, be perfect because he's, he's he's flamboyant for being a choreographer, but he still has he. You know, he's he is the, the family's first cousin from Buffalo. He took elocution lessons, so we didn't you know, continue to talk you know, like this. And as he's going along working with his cousin again. His accent starts coming back. He starts talking to Dems and these, you know, he's a big, he starts drinking beer instead of like, you know, a nice single malt scotch. So I read the script and it seemed interesting. It seemed like, okay, it's it's like, this sounds like it could have been a Burt Reynolds movie from the seventies. You know, you take Demolition Derby and you take a guy, he's, he's gay only as a part of who he is. It's not like his part is going to be this out there flamboyant. Oh my God, I'm that, it, it just happens to be part of who he okay. is. All right, all right. So in other words, uh, he doesn't think the LGBTQ community would say, what the hell are you doing here? You know, because it, right, it, right. it puts him in a very, very positive light. Every, uh, time, every time, like, well, every time I do, like, a gay character, like, I always try to push it, like, like, over, you know, like, uh, like, drag queen type, over, you know, like, right. always, like, do it just, oh, oh, like, well, obviously my humor is real subtle, you know, so <laughs> everything I do is kind of, you know, like, uh, but I would love, I would love to see Jericho in that. That would be fantastic. And what's the name of it? It's called Demolition Dance. Demolition Dance. Everybody, we are talking to Barry Norman. He is fantastic. Uh, he's done, uh, I, I think he's done everything but coal mine. Um, that's the one thing he hasn't done. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't coal mined yet. Uh, he's, he's, he's a writer, director, actor. He launched the band live. He launched the band Four Non Blondes. So every oh time God, you hear that fucker say, what's up? It's that fucker's fault. He was syndicated across the United States as a DJ for uh, for a while. Um, he's got seven books out. He's got one coming out called Bad Day for Grandpa. And that's fantastic. I got a picture of it on my phone. I'll show it again because I can't fucking put it on my Facebook. Uh, so, and it melted uh, your, your computer, didn't it? 
Well, you, you, since you brought up my uh, 1992 uh, nationally syndicated alternative uh, radio show, that's one of the movies I'm trying to produce. Um, I didn't write the script. Uh, one of my employees at my movie theater, he says he wanted to be a writer. So I said, hey, write this story. So he interviewed me over several months. He wrote it. I refused to read it because in case he puts me in a bad light, because that's what he, uh, he got from me, I didn't want to change it. But I did send it to some directors some you know, known directors. One director who said he's very, very, very interested. I don't know if a lot of your viewers will know who he is because he's 83 years old now. But the movies that he directed is, he directed a Bang the Drum Slowly. That came out in the 70s, Bang the Drum Slowly. Oh, that yeah. Was, okay. That's Robert De Niro's first starring role. Right. He, God. he grabbed him from uh, Francis Ford Coppola who had him in a minor role in The Godfather. And uh, John Hancock, who was a director, he used to talk to coaches, if you let me have De Niro, this is a starring role, he says, that would be great. So Coble uh, uh, then talked to De Niro and says, listen, you're not gonna be in The Godfather part one. He says, I will remember you because I have a sequel in mind. I'll remember you for part two. And we know how that came out. But he did Bang the Drum Slowly, which is a brilliant movie. Uh, uh, De Niro plays a uh, major league uh, professional baseball catcher but at the beginning of the movie, he finds out he's dying of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So that is uh, was John Hancock's first big movie. He also did a psychological thriller called Let's Scare Jessica to Death. So I don't know if, if people have seen that, but it was, a, it was a fairly decent movie when it came out. And the one movie that most people may have seen is he directed Prancer, which every Christmas, it's one that makes the... Oh, yeah, uh, he directed Prancer. So John Hancock, who's like that, he's, he's 83. It's been a while since he's done it. He's, he's still directing movies, but I sent him the script and he loved it. So I'm hoping that we can get financing based on, he is a known director. He's had films that have done very well. Uh, Bang the Drum Slowly did well when it came out. Vincent Gardini was in it. Uh, Michael Moriarty was in it. Uh, it's, a, it's a great film. It's like De Niro's first starring role. And I think as a former wrestling publicist, I think we'd be able to get play out of an 83-year-old man directing movie about the alternative music scene in the 90s. <laughs> but I don't think it will matter if he doesn't know the bands or not. He still will be able to direct a movie, but that is a major part in it. I mean, I'll, I'll be picking them, though. Licensing will be the biggest expense in that movie. You can't do that movie without having Nirvana in it. Or Soundgarden, or, or hey, some. Did, did, did Bobby Darren sing that first? Uh, no, 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 he, <laughs> no, he didn't. So, so that's the second movie I'm trying to produce, um, and the third one is actually a another um, substitute teacher that started working this year, a 21 year old girl from Bosnia. So she's been talking to me about Bosnia, and that's where she went back home for the summer. I said, we need to do a documentary on Bosnia. She said she was telling me about all how horrible it is for women there, how she would like to pull them back into the 21st century. She'd actually be happy with the 19th century. Uh, they're very, very touchy if you start bringing up things like about how misogynistic it is there. You cannot discuss the war in the 90s, you know, that you know, Bill Clinton was helping them, helping them out. But so we're trying to do a movie based on this. And since she refuses and she, she says none of her friends would be on camera, the entire movie is going to be Bosnian news uh, 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 broadcast or entertainment. She says they have like a, a show very much like American Idol here. 
only for Bosnian talent. And they said, if you're a woman, they will make you dress up in like a short skirt, do all kinds of hoochie coochie mama things. That's right. what they said about their female talent. So those are the three, you know, uh, demolition dance, you know, about a gay demolition uh, you know, driver. Um, hopefully, uh, my, the second movie about my radio show in the 90s, hopefully directed by John Hancock, who did Bang the Drum Slowly. And then a Bosnian documentary about how bad it is in Bosnia. And the only way we can show it is actually showing their TV broadcast that we get on YouTube. Or that she will actually take her cell phone and watch herself. So that's the, uh, the three movies I'm hoping to do. Plus the book, plus what else am I doing? Oh, I'm, I'm still trying to get my play out there based on um, uh, the, um, the Montreal screw job of professional wrestling. All in. Yeah, because since I got Barry Bloom, the, uh, the guy who's um, re representing Chris Jericho, I, I said I may as well send this to him. So if he likes it, all of a sudden he can completely ca no, cast it out of AEW wrestlers. They, if they don't want to do it in theater, they can actually do it on, on demand. So. Those are the five things. I know three movies, one play, and um, and let's see what else, and, and one book. So that's the only thing I'm doing this summer. Oh, is that all? And, well, and a blow. I'm plus doing this podcast. Since <laughs> so you have to book me a year in advance, which is why and I have the time. My worst yeah, and I did my worst holiday. Okay. Yeah, well, exactly. I did holidays this, uh, this year. Last year um, and this year, I crossed off states number 49 and 50. I went to Alaska last August, and I went to Hawaii this past February. And unfortunately for you, they were both fantastic, other than the fact that I went by myself, because no one will be seeing with me anywhere. But they were, <laughs> they, they were great. No, Alaska, I did get to see. No, they why, were why great. You're, 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 you're a very handsome handsome fella and and, and, and look at <laughs> look at this. this all this can be yours who someone out there date, who doesn't want to date a handsome jewish substitute teacher that's right. what i want to ask well put it this way when when you when you say hey would you like to go to alaska and hawaii and they go with you and that's the deal breaker that's it you know that's well, I'm, I'm, dating, you. But I, I'm going with Are you, you right now, now, the flight attendant on my way to Hawaii did like me. Oh, nice. And she was actually my age. She was actually a 65-year-old flight attendant, did not look 65. Right, and you don't either. You look like you're my age, which is good. Well, that's because I'm, you never see me on a show that has good lighting. So, I mean, this is it. <laughs> you, you can't see how old I really am. That's why I love being a substitute teacher. It's still dark on top. God damn. You're like, you, know, you know how much drugs and, 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 and stuff I put in my hair and take to keep that hair? Yeah, yeah. All right. So it's, 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 you know, it's a thing. It's a real thing. I, I, know I, I get to write it off since, I, since my, my being in film depends on it, obviously. Right, right, right. So I get right. to write off all the Rogaine, all the Propecia, all that stuff. But yeah, but yeah, going to Girl Says, yeah, Alaska, and, and I'd be going with you. I just want to make clear on this, you, and yeah, no, I'm saying that when I was asking women if they wanted to go with me to Alaska okay. or why, they wanted to make yeah, sure yeah, you're not sending me with someone else. You're part of this package deal. Right. Yeah, yes. it's not it's not an all expense an all expense paid tour with the person you like the most to my <laughs> dream vacation. So. I mean, I did say you'll have your own room. I get it. That's too creepy to say yes. We're gonna even if there's double bed, you'll have. No, still not, okay. So I went by myself, it was fantastic, I mean, both of them, even though, I mean, 
Hawaiians are the friendliest people on the, on the planet. Now, Alaskans don't trust anybody. So I almost got shot a couple of, no, at a couple of times in Alaska because I was in a, ta- a mountain cabin because you wanted to go where it's most, I don't know, less city so you can see the northern lights. So while taking walks, it was so beautiful. Every now and again, someone who actually lives there would see me. Now, they know I don't live on that mountain because there's only five people in the whole goddamn mountain, and I ain't one of them. And you're not one of them, yes. So, exactly. so they would see me, and all of a sudden, I, I, I you know, hear someone like I say, hey, get the shotgun. <laughs> you're not a muck luck. No, like, no, you know, like yeah. And I, I guess in the, in, the right, in the right landing, I can pass as no, most. No, 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 I'm muck luck's cousin. I'm muck luck's cousin. Just go ask him. I think that was the moose call or the moose dance <laughs> But they, they, other than the fact that they're by myself, you know, they, they were fantastic vacations. Um, and I don't know when my next one will be since I, I can't do airlines anymore. They're, they're just too hard on You can't do airlines anymore. You can't do flying anymore. I just, I mean, you know, the, the two hours you spend, plus you always get delays. You know, coming back from Hawaii, you know, the plane was no bump, like, no delay, like five, six times. So then you miss your connection. So then you have to try to reconnect. Oh, did, did, did you fly American, did you? Uh, actually, yes, I did. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. You yes, flew American. The only time I flew yeah, American that's was right. Well, Barry, yeah. what did we learn today? Don't fucking fly American. Well, didn't Hawaiian Airlines have a recent, like, horrible landings or, or some uh, door came off or something like that? Or well, I don't know. All I know is American is never on time. There was a comedian that did like a whole thing, like in the, like he'd like flown American so many times, like he's used to it. And he's like, he's like in the, he's like in the airport. And he's like, he goes, he goes, this is where they're going to tell everybody that it's going to be four more hours and everybody's going to lose their shit. And he just turned the camera around and they said, uh, we're real sorry. It's going to be about four more hours. And, I, and you hear everybody just, like, but the guy was so used to it. He's like, this is where it happens every fucking time. Well, it, it was worth, it was hard. The one bad thing about, I was at Kona Island, which is not the big uh, touristy place. The airport there is open air. So you're sitting out, it wasn't raining or anything like that, but it's humid as as you can imagine. So you're sitting there, you no, know, it's delayed, delayed, delayed. You're just, you know, just spitzing buckets sitting in this horrible <laughs> airport so that's that's what was made in the 60s half of it is you no know, half the bathrooms are out of commission so you actually have to go like four miles trying to find it so, right. so, so yeah so that was the, that's why i just can't do that anymore that and i just can't i mean unless they did bump me up on one of the flights to first class because i wore what i call my skittles that's what i call my my um my outfits for for school because they're all rainbow colors. I said, that's my Skittles out there. I wore that on the plane just to see what would happen, to see if I get the same response they get from the students. Now, when I found out they had This is what I love about you. You're like, you're like, you know what? I'm going to wear something really fucked up just to have people look and say things. And like, you look curious. You look for the, like, I got I got a chicken shirt. My wife won't let me fucking wear it. My pants were bright lime green. My sneakers were bright as bright a pink as you can imagine. I had a psychedelic shirt that the Grateful Dead wouldn't wear. Uh, lime, so this is this was my outfit. 
So when I, when I found there was opening in first class, I hadn't sold, sold out and everyone on the plane was dressed like my students. They were all in sweatshirts, sweatpants, and I'm right. the guy with the lime green, the pink, and then the swirlies. So yes, sir, come on. <laughs> so it, I was a hit on the plane. And, no one this else is why I love you, Barry Norman. This is why I love you. See, I, I was thinking of wearing that for the show. When I said, I said, I'm going to pretend I'm a rocker and wear my Who shirt. Right, See, right. Cool. Everybody's going to wear a, yeah, well, maybe not a Who shirt, but like Nike or Adidas or whatever, you know, just your, like the shit I would wear. Your normal drab shit. My well, wife the bad thing wear about these Who shirts, it's, it's old. This shirt is from 1981, but that was when Kenny Jones was a drummer, not Keith Moon. So it's not even a cool who, who shirt that I said I got this when right. when 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 because uh, apparently because uh, uh, apparently Keith couldn't breathe anymore. Uh, right. So yeah. But still, for a 1981 shirt, no. I don't have a shirt from '81. I don't have a shirt from '81. All my concert shirts are gone. They're I don't know where they fucking went. Uh, I I've got like an Aerosmith one. I've got a Guns N' Roses one, and I've got. What else? Queensryche. I got a Queensryche one. Fucking love Queensryche. My, my oldest shirt is my 1976 uh, Wings Over America security, because I was sec uh, security for the Wings Over America concert at Boston Garden. Now, that in my previous shows, did I ever tell you my Aerosmith story? Mm. No. Nope. You tell your Aerosmith story, then I'll tell my Aerosmith story. Okay, so my Aerosmith story is this. Uh, in high school, I was a teeny tiny guy that everyone used to pick on, beat up. Uh, even when I finally grew a foot, I went from 5'3 to 6'3, you know, by sophomore to junior year. Anyway, I was friends with this girl named Nikki Jurette, and she invited me to a party, and nobody invites me to parties. So I went to this party, and I'm talking to her. And at this time, I finally made a decision in my life. I said, I don't care if I get my ass kicked. I'm going to defend myself if someone starts to bully me. I said, I'd rather get my ass kicked, at least trying to get one shot in, than just being, please don't hit me again, or if I, they'll give up when I'm down on the ground and they're smacking me. So I said, no more. So I, I basically, that was the night as I'm going to party by myself. You went all days and confused. Yeah, I, I may, exactly. I'm Adam Goldberg in Days and Confused, except, no, I, I thought, I get that one point scene, and then, 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 you know what, what I'm saying to her. You know what, you know, at least I was, you know, at least I was going to fight him up. Right. So that that was kind of my thing. So anyway, I'm talking to Nikki Direct, and this guy pushes me, goes, hey, man, that's my girlfriend. Well, it turns out it's Steven Tyler. So this is just before Aerosmith was made. Wait, 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 back up, back up. I missed, I missed something here. Yes. I was still talking about the Goldberg uh, character. Right, you're talking about I'm doing it because I don't care. I'm getting. I'm, I, I can't be. I can't be an impotent nobody the rest of my life. And I, I can see this. I see the scar tissue already forming from what this guy did. So I made the decision that night. I'm in a party. Something's going to happen to me because it always does. I, I, if, I, if someone does something to me, I'm. That's it. I'm going to do something. So it just happened to be Stephen Tyler pushing me because he was all drunk, screwed up, high, whatever. And I was talking to his girlfriend, a high school girl at the time, and I said, it starts here. Boom! I just hit him once in the jaw, straight down. You punched Steven Tyler? You punched him out. I knocked his ass out. You punched Steven Tyler? You punched Steven Tyler and knocked him right out. One and done. So there. And I did not upset the herd. They were like, whoa! 
because he wasn't Steven Tyler yet. He was just short of being Steven Tyler. Oh, no shit. That was like 1973? That's exactly what it was. 73. 73, yeah. like, like right before Dream On came out. It was 72, 73, because I was either a, a, a soft, I, I, I think it was my sophomore year, 72. So, yeah. All right. Uh, so my I, biggest claim to fame is I punched the fittest man in the world in the head. And Steven Tyler. <laughs> he, was no, he was not Steven Tyler, but he kicked my ass after. His name is Joe, Joe Decker. And uh, he came from my high school back in my little town of Cuba. Like we right. got into a punch, push, 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 push. And I'm like, fuck it. Pow. And this guy could deadlift 450 fucking pounds. And like, and, and he pushed me in a corner and just started fucking whooping my ass. Uh, but, and then the shop teacher came outside and like broke it up, you know, but he had a, like a big old fucking bruise on the side of his head. And like, and this is before he was obviously, this is high school. So it was like way before he was the fittest man on the earth by Guinness Book of World Records. Wow. So that well, was, at least you got a, you got one shot in two guys. I got one shot in. That was the only shot I got. And that did not knock him out, by the way. Uh yeah, he fucking thumped me. Um but nope. my Aerosmith story is this. Uh we're we're uh we're going to see Aerosmith and Ted Nugent and fuck Ted Nugent. Uh but anyway, uh we're sneaking. We're sneaking out onto the, we're, we got upper bowl seats and we're, we're sneaking down onto the floor. But this concert was fucking amazing, by the way. And I get down to the, we get down to the bottom of the steps and we're just going to like flash our ticket and try to get by the dude or whatever. And Aerosmith's just coming on and there's a big uh, curtain up and there's lights are going down going boom, 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 boom with these lights. Boom, 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 boom. And they're just going up and down and up and down and up and down. And then all of a sudden, Bang! Like my get hit from behind hard. And I turn around and this guy's like fucking waving at me, like, don't fucking punch me. And he like points down to the ground. This dude's just fucking on the ground, fucking laid out. Like he did a tumble down the stairs, put an elbow in the back of my fucking neck, and then I just went like fucking out. And my buddy's like fucking shaking me. I like come to and like my head's like jogging around. He like brings me back awake. And I'm like, what? what? Oh, fuck. You know, like, where am I? I'm at a concert. Okay, fuck. I don't know what's going on. And then I see another, like one of my buddies like sneaking off through the stands. And my buddy Brad Lenhausen grabs me and just drags me through the fucking stands. But yeah, I got knocked the fuck out at the Aerosmith concert. Oh, but it wasn't, it wasn't Steven Tyler. No, he, no, he, he, not, he, no. I, I did not get a punch, Steven Tyler. Uh, my my work my my story uh, is significantly um, less than yours. Yes, I, I wouldn't say less. I, I mean, it's still. I mean, I'm glad that happened to you and not me because that's the type of thing I was expecting to happen. And at any party, any party that I show up at. Now, my second fight that I won in high school, the guy also became no, not quite as famous, but he hold became on, famous. My, my 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 only regret with this is I didn't tell my story first. Because well, yours, yours was so much fucking better. <laughs> See, you're being a good host. You're allowing me to tell a good story, and then you're following up with something that, on any other occasion, would, would have been the lead. Would have been great. Would have been great. You're, you're building me up, so I appreciate I that. Say, you're you're doing the dedication of the book. I wouldn't say local age and soul asylum. 
Local H opened up for Soul Asylum. Great. Soul Asylum opening up for Local H would have been great. But okay. no. <laughs> the plan that blew the band that blew the fucking roof off the place opened. And then you got Soul Asylum. <laughs> we sell misery. I, I never I never got Soul Asylum like that they were a thing. I liked them. I liked them. I liked them, but but everybody left. Everybody fucking left. Because like if Soul Asylum would have opened, fine. But you got local H that comes out, two people, two guys, a guitarist and a drummer, blows the fucking roof off the place. And then you bring out, we can build a factory and sell misery. Yeah, I like so the, the only thing I like okay. about Soul Asylum. So, so, so this is the way it went down. You told the greatest fucking story, and I'm fucking Soul Asylum on the backside. Trying to follow that. Yes. At least you're still Try a Soul Asylum. When, when all is said and done, you still get the bigger paycheck at the end of the night. So there's yeah. that. Right? You're, you're, you're still dating, uh, no, what's your name? Winona Ryder. Is, is somebody going to pay me? Anyone? Can I get some? Going back, your second story, Stephen Tyler, second story. story. My second fight that I won, uh, not quite as good, but he did end up being famous. Um, uh, Mike Dukakis was the governor of, um, of Massachusetts. He went on to right. become the president. Yeah, president. It wasn't him but it was son, John Dukakis. Now, John Dukakis did have a mini acting career that wasn't too bad. He, he was a guest star on Cheers. Uh, he was a guest star on Taxi. And he was in, what was the worst Jaws movie? Jaws 3. So he was one of the stars of, John, of Jaws 3. So he, his dad was the was governor. Was he Carla's son? Is he what? Was he Carla's son? Uh, no, he was a he wasn't one of Carlos' son. He was it was just a one. He, he was a handsome guy that came in there for for okay. some reason. All right, because I can Same almost see Dukakis and Carlos' son being like kind of the. He, he does kind of look like a tortelli, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so anyway, I mean, not a bad no credits on IMDb. And the fact that his dad was governor, his dad was you know the uh, the failed presidential candidate, but he was still a presidential candidate. Well, we were we were on the same JV tennis uh, team in in high school, and we had a, a permit to, to use these courts and kick people out. And our coach wasn't there with the permit, so I said, "Screw it." He's like, "Let's just kick everyone out anyway." And John Lukakis, being the politician, said, "Oh no, we must go through proper channels. We must do." And I'm like, "Oh, shut up!" So I just pushed him, and he decides, "No, no, give me this little no weak ass hit in the shoulder." And I, at this time, I've already made. I don't care. You touch me. I'm hitting you. So I don't knock him out with one punch, but I hit him hard enough with one punch where he he disappeared. So fight, so I'm I'm two and zero against famous people. Would have been three and zero. I have one more funny famous person in the high school story. Uh, anyway, I, I was I told you I was a nerdy skinny guy that all the bullies used to uh, like to beat up. And one day this guy is in high school walking around. He's got a suit, he's got a bow tie, he's got red hair, and he's got a briefcase. So I don't know where he is. He looks like he's too young to be in high school, so he's obviously visiting. So I decide I'm gonna pick on this schmuck. So I start chasing him. I go, hey, yo, get over, yo. You know, so he starts seeing me, he starts running. So he's, and he goes by the stairwell that the bullies are in. 
The bullies see me chasing this little kid and they go, hey, what do you think you're doing? Like, how dare you bully? So they start beating the crap out of me. The guy that was visiting the campus, because like I said, he turns out he's several years younger than me, was Conan O'Brien. Oh, no way! Oh, no way! Conan, well, once again, he's from Brookline, Mass., same as me. So he went to Brookline High just years after I was there, but he was on campus, and I took one look at him, and I said, yeah, I, I can take this slump. And that's what happened. I got the crap kicked out of me for daring chase Conan O'Brien around Brookline High School when you I don't know why. You almost the funniest fucking man on earth. Who knew? <laughs> Conan, Conan fucking O'Brien. The whitest king. So you pushed out Steven Tyler. I knocked out Steven Tyler. I, I get it. I, I win a fight against John Dukakis. With, no, that's... Yeah, well, yeah, not John Dukakis, and you almost and beat chased, up fucking Conan, beautiful Conan O'Brien. He's Conan O'Brien around Brooklyn High School. Our hero, this is the guy I want to be other than you, the guy I want to be when I grow up. This is you fucking was chasing down Conan O'Brien. Was chasing down Conan O'Brien. If the only thing he ever did was write the monorail you know, uh, program for The Simpsons, he would have been big enough. But no, he had to go become Conan yeah. O'Brien. Go to Saturday Night Live, be a writer there, and then become Conan O'Brien. So, yeah, I mean, he definitely got the last laugh. I think I got the last laugh on Steven Tyler because he kind of looks like, I mean, who does he look like now? He looks like someone's grandmother. He, yeah, he does not is, look is well. He, is, he like right, is he, like, right at your age? or like a, No, he's got to be old. He's got to be, like, 70-something, isn't he? He's, he's in his 70s. You know, the hair is still long, but it doesn't yeah. quite work. You know, he's got the, he's, I'll he's tell you the, what, man. His voice still fucking, there's got to be. He can't be doing that still. Like he, I, I, no, he, he can't sing like that. I mean, I, I saw David Lee Roth in the eighties, and he still and he oh, lost it by then. God, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I seen the he Eat Him and Smile tour. So the Eat Him and Smile tour. Here it is. Last time I got high was at a concert. It was a David Lee Roth concert, and there was this giant black gentleman next to me, and he had this uh, Rising Sun T-shirt on that had the, the sleeves cut off. Right. And and for some reason, I just decided I'm not going to smoke pot anymore. I just, it, it was like a thing that I just did. Like, I'm just, I'm, well, it, it made me feel full. Like, like I, when I drank beer, like I couldn't fart or burp. I just felt bloated when I smoked pot, which I like smoking pot, but I, like, but I felt bloated. Okay. So like, I'm standing here next to this big, big black guy and, and he, he sparks this dude and he hands it to me and I go, Nah, man, I just quit. And then he took his backside of his elbow, like this backside of his forearm, and he fucking went boom. And he he hit me in the chest, and it shook my entire fucking body. Like <laughs> for, for daring to turn down his. And then he goes, he handed it to me again, and I went, <laughs> I'm quitting tomorrow. So, I got, so that was the last time I got high off a joint. So, and that was what, two nights ago? Uh, no, that was 91. Wow, it's been a while. Yeah, eat him and smile. Yeah, eat him and smile. Eat him uh, and smile? Uh, okay, when David Lee Roth could still actually sing. Yeah, yeah. Now, you see what uh, he uh, looks Have you seen a recent picture of him? God, he looks you know like who my he looks like? Looks just like Dr. Zachary Smith of Lost in Space. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, the pain. Oh, the pain. I, I mean, rock stars don't age well. I mean, just, I mean, well, Keith Richards is still alive somehow, but I mean, he, he, he I mean, even, uh, what, didn't, didn't Mick Jagger just have another kid? At age 78, uh, I don't know. Like somebody, somebody else did too, like De Niro or somebody else. Nero like, and Pacino both had kids in their late 70s. What the fuck are you doing? Well, people say me because I'm, I'm going to be 66 and I don't have any kids. See, see, there's still time for you. I don't want to be that guy. I, my first kid is at 40. My only kid was at 40. And then they said, are you going to have another? I'm like, are you fucking kidding? No. So, see, my, my my dad was 40 when he had me. So when I hit 40, I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I saw what happened no, to me no. having a 40-year-old yeah. dad. No, no, no. Yeah, the time has passed. The time has fucking passed. Exactly. People say, are you sure you don't have any kids out there? I said, with 23 and me, with the internet, if I did something in the 70s, they would have tracked my ass down. They would have found, oh, he writes books. Oh, he owns a movie theater. He must have, they would have tracked oh. me down. So if my wife's like, do you want to do, yeah, my wife's like, do you want to do 23 and me? And I'm like, no. Like, I know my heritage. And they're like, and if I have a kid, apparently whoever I had the kid with didn't want me fucking part of it. So, no. Well, I, <laughs> I, I didn't want, do it, but I my, don't my, want any surprises now. You know, like. My, my, <laughs> my ex wife did it for me. And yes. we were talking just this last week, and I found out something I didn't know. My mother also went to Brooklyn High School, same as me, right? Same, same as Conan O'Brien, same as uh, no Robert Kraft, same as who else? Uh, um, Barbara Walters. I mean, this, the, the list of famous people that went to Brooklyn High School. But right. I had no idea that my mom went there as well. Obviously, not at the same time. That would have been kind of weird. But no, she. <laughs> Yes, yes, Barry, that would have been odd. That would have been odd. I, I went to high school with my mom. Right, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. What? That's Hollywood, that's Hollywood shit right there. That's Hollywood shit. Well, that could have happened. She could have had me when she was 10, and I, you know, I, they, they wanted to double promote me, and my dad said, no, he's so small as it is, and we skip him two grades. So, uh, yeah, it could have happened. <laughs> I could have skipped enough grades when my mom and I are in high school together. That would have been great. If someone bullies me, and my mom comes over and kicks their ass. Well, who do you think you are? I'm his mother. I'm his mother. <laughs> you leave my boy alone. But you're 13 and he's never mind. I don't want to know how this is Look, look, look. I'm not going to do the fucking math here. I'm just saying, do you leave my boy alone? You already established neither one of us is good at math. But I don't think if she had me at 10, we'd never be in high school together unless I skip five grades yeah okay right so you're not going to do 23 to me either way nice. either way barry it makes for great humor uh so uh, we'll just we'll just roll with it so. okay so let's see that's um so those are the only fights that i that i won almost well i i got beaten up with the conan o'brien thing but like i said i technically three out of three people all became more famous than me so if you want to become famous, let me either chase you around my high school or kick you out. And I'll kick your ass, and there's a good chance you'll go on to greater things. Are you getting calls now? Hey, I'll, I'll oh, let them kick uh, my Joe, ass. I, 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 I want to do this. Uh, Joe Finfera is watching. Joe Finfera, how are you doing, buddy? We are talking to Barry Norman. He's a writer, director, actor. This guy has done it all. He's got seven books out. Got an eighth one coming out. It's like a bad day for Grandpa. This guy's worked in the 
WCW? Is it, uh, WCW. And uh, he's got several plays in the works. He's got three movies in the works. He's got one movie out uh, called Deadbeats with one Nick fucking Foley. And do you remember the co-star? No. It was Melissa McBride. This movie came out in 1997. Melissa McBride is Carol from The Walking Dead. From The Walking Dead. That's right. From The well, Walking I Dead. I cast Mick before we became No Mankind, and I cast uh, no, Carol before, before she became Carol. So that's why the movie, decades later, has found the light, because people, it, it somehow got uploaded on the internet. People found that, oh my God, Carol from The Walking Dead. So there's people that's made Facebook uh, pages dedicated to my movie. I'm not making any money from it, but at least every now and again, I'll say, I'll find my, my the dialogue that I wrote, screenshots from a movie that I did. So that's kind of cool. Joe Ferris said, nice, it's time for him to kick my ass. <laughs> he said, he wants me to kick his ass? You're, you're awesome, Joe. Okay. What, do I, what, do I, what do I charge for that service? Kick your ass exactly. and make your famous. What are you going to pay him? What are you gonna pay Barry to kick your ass? It's a, <laughs> so you become famous for it. I I, I have a good track record. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God. Yeah, cool. yeah, so I'll start making business guys. Kick your ass and make your famous for a buck. I mean, I mean <laughs> you kick do, your you ass for a dollar. Yeah, you can auction that. You can auction that. Like kicking your ass for a dollar. All right, all right, right over here. Give me two. Give me two. Give me three. Give me four. Kicking your ass for four. Right over here. Give me five. Give me five. 500, 500 over here, me to kick your ass. Give me a, give me a, give me a ass kicking for a thousand. Give me a thousand, give me a thousand, give me a thousand for one ass kicking sold. The guy who wants his ass kicked for a thousand dollars. I could use a good ass kicking. Oh, wait that's, a, minute. That's, a, that's the first time I ever did auction. I'm kind of proud of it. For, for an ass kicking. <laughs> sold for a dollar. Sold for a dollar? That's all we. That's all we could get for God it. God damn it, Joe! I I fucking put it in for a thousand. God damn it! Trying to make you some money, Barry. That's all I'm doing. You remember? Remember there was, there was that scene in my cousin Vinny where where Joe Pesci's in yeah. the bar talking. I, 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 I could use it. a good ass kicking. Right. I could use a good ass kicking. I that think I'll one, take it. That was one of my favorite lines, and I can never pull that joke off. I can use a good. I tried doing it, and I can never pull it off. Well, it depends on what bar you're in, I guess. If you're in the wrong bar, it's gonna okay. So I, I don't want to be canceled, but I've, I've been working on this bit about uh, about taking words and making them German because you can just put like certain emphasis on on the end of uh, on the end of words. Okay. You know things like uh, I I could I uh, I sure could use uh, some snake spitting. Snake spitting? I do want a snake spitting. Uh, I'll give you, how about a, I don't know, uh, come and drip it. You're, you're sounding more like Yiddish, though. I don't know, like, uh, like uh, a come and drip it? Sure. Yeah. How about we move on to a stupid bucket? Stupid bucket. Maybe after a nine and six in? Nine and six in, yeah. Well, you it's sound a, like a little old Jewish guy speaking Yiddish, a, which is my German. It's a bit I'm working on. I haven't owned it completely. No, I like it. I mean, when I'm when I'm in one of my classes at the high school I teach at, uh, the, the the Brazilian kids will just speak Portuguese to each other. I mean, the, the Hispanic kids will at least try. Even if they're not good at English, they will try. The the port the, the Brazilian kids, the Brazis, they will just speak Portuguese. And right. I found the one way I get to 
get him to stop, I started speaking German because I took German in high school. Right. So, so you know, I, I, was, I was speaking with you know, a Terminator type accent, like, you know, this kind of need to was ich habe gesagt, ja? And because they get freaked out that, wait a minute, he knows a language that we don't know. So I'll just start speaking German and they're just sitting there feeling all pissed off at me because right. they speak Portuguese to themselves and, I, and I'm not in their clique. I can't speak What's it, it feel like, fucker? What's it feel like now, huh? You don't know what the fuck I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. So that's a, I found it works. It doesn't work with the Hispanic kids. They will make an effort. The Brazilian kids with their Portuguese, I mean, so yeah, I will, I will just do, I speak German. So it's like, I, I feel good that I'm actually able to take my high school German that I only took to piss my, you know, my dad off to be a nice Jewish dad in the, in the 70s. With, 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 the, with uh, the Hebrew and with the German, you got a nice haka to it. Yeah, well, I, well, I, yeah, I can do the ha. The ha. Yeah, you the the haka to you. So exactly. So like, it's the most unromantic language in the world. The way to say I love you in German is ich liebe dich. No, someone says that to you, you pull your pants up and leave. That just sounds dirty as you say it. Right. Ich liebe dich. dich. Did you tell me to suck your dick, you fucking perv? I ain't gonna fucking listen. You Nazi fucker. I gotta. Wait, 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 never mind. You're, you're Jewish. Uh, so, uh, so, there you go. That's good. Yeah, call your Jewish kids. That was wrong. That was wrong. Calling the local chapter of the JDL, the Jewish Defense League. You don't fuck with them. Remember, they even had the. Muzzle top. The Jewish lasers. Thank you for burning fucking California down, you cocksuckers. Oh, that, that is actually my plan of the film festival I created in Rome, Georgia. Is I want to get, I want to get, I wanna, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a Christian. Ish. Um, <laughs> Jesus was a Jew. Hello? Yes, he wasn't a Christian. He was a Jew, you dumbasses. So anyway, I wanted to get that Mazel Tov pen that had Jewish lasers on it. I wanted to get that. My plan with the Jewish Lake, like I said, the film festival I created is in Rome, Georgia. It's having its 20th anniversary this fall. You know who else is in Rome, Georgia, representing in Congress? Marjorie Taylor Greene. What? I'm hoping to show up at my film festival, running to her someplace in the street, and, and to get my cell phone. So wait a minute. You know, I'm, I'm a Jewish laser. Give me I'm, five I'm, minutes for that cunt. I'm, I'm, I'm going to screw it. I, I am so hoping I run into her. I troll her all the time on Twitter. So I'm just hoping I can go there with my cell phone and say, okay, Jewish laser on on kill, putting in coordinates, Margie Taylor Green, and then have cereal. Yep, I got it. Just to see what she says. I am so wanting to awesome. run into her. Hold on, hold on just for a second. We've got Fred Carroll with us. Uh, he's got a podcast called Within the Head of Fred. He's got another podcast com- coming out called uh, Fred, uh, say it, in here uh we're talking to barry norman barry norman is a actor director writer he's got seven books out he's got an eighth one coming out called uh bad day for grandpa this guy has worked in the wcw this guy has launched live this guy has launched four non-blondes there's nothing this guy has not done except for be a goldsmith this guy has done everything in the fucking world including being right now a substitute teacher He's a man. He's yeah. a man. Uh, you need to get a hold of uh, Fred Carroll, too. 
Okay, yes. right said Fred. Fred. Fred, get a hold of Barry Norman. I will, I'll send you all the information. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So anyway, back to you. Back to me. Anyway, uh, you forgot to tell him I interviewed uh, Lou Reed and Kurt Cobain for my radio show. Oh my God. I was Lou somebody Reed. once. Lou Reed. Lou Reed. That was, that was. Open uh, underground. Open underground. I, I, I interview him. He was at, um, he was with, um, you too the night before at the Meadowlands when they did Satellite of Love with him. So that's what I talked to him about. So what was it like to go out there with, at that point, the biggest band in the world, U2, in, in 1992, and have them do your song? So, yeah, he was a great... I've, I've heard horrible things about him as an, inter, you know, as an interview, and it can be very pissy. But no, you know he, he was... You know what? Here, here's the thing, Barry. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's who you are to them. Every time... Like, I don't know where, I don't know where these fucking people that call themselves journalists or anything else is like, just be a fucking person to somebody. And apparently they'll treat you like a person back. It's amazing. It's well, one thing I found out is what you don't do is, um, my film festival, I had my, my program director was a savant. He knew everything about every film. He had an incredible eidetic memory. So we went to see uh, Donnie Darko when it came out and the director was there to do Q&A. So my right. program director gets called on to ask a question and he asks one of those questions that takes 10 minutes because he wants to put in every reference he knows to prove right. to the director how right. brilliant he is before he right. actually asks the question, which wasn't really a question. So Just he got what this was, no. So he says something like snarky. He says, okay, did you, did you get enough references in there? I said, that wasn't a question. You were just trying to do this. Okay, there you go. Let me applaud. You're brilliant. You know more about film than anybody. It's like, so yeah, you, you know, don't ask questions that just to show how smart you are. Right. You don't know how you're right. Prepared. Right. And you exactly. just act like, a, you know, you act like a mensch. I, I'm, yeah, uh, I'm glad you know a lot. Uh, how about talking to me? Asking a question that other people might want to actually know that, that, that's of interest exactly. to other people than you. Exactly. I didn't get the dagger in the eye. What did that mean? Oh, no, it, it was painful. I mean, it's like everyone was, was groaning because it's like, okay, this question will not stop until he mentions every single film reference that he can to show that I so understand your film. None of that you do. Well, I do. The human mind is so fucked that you don't, you don't know what's going on in his mind. Like, he wants to know everything. He wants to know everything and thinks he's more brilliant than everybody else by asking everything else. But pinpoint it. Pinpoint it. It, it, it doesn't work. I mean, like I said, he saw through it and he just absolutely, you know, ripped the shit out of him at, you know, after that. If you'll notice, Barry, this entire interview, I've only asked you one question. And I'm trying to remember what that question was. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how I asked it. I don't well, do, 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 uh, do you remember the Tomorrow Show with Tom Snyder? If not, um, yes. Ben Aykroyd, uh, then the original cast of Saturday Night Live, he did a, a great impersonation. Uh, Tom Snyder was the, the original host. Oh of, yeah! Oh yes! 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 He did. Yeah. And, and, and so uh, I don't even know if I asked you a question actually. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I did. I did. I said uh, uh, no. I said, uh, no. I didn't even. That, that was actually no. Because I said no. What's everything about you? That, well, you give me good intro, so I am not complaining. But when, when Aykroyd would do Tom Snyder on, on Saturday Night Live, it was a brilliant thing. It was like, because Tom Snyder, whenever he had a guest on, he never did any research. 
you don't have to say, oh, 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 we got Neil Simon here. Yeah, yeah, you did barefoot in the park. Yeah, you did the goodbye girl. How the heck did you do it? He's talking about, no, uh, Paul Simon. Oh, yes, Paul Simon is a guest. He's talking about Neil Simon. So that was his friend. How the heck did you do it, right? Um, you get the we, had a, we had in Peoria, we had a uh, we had a uh, a morning show called Lytle and Lamb, and they would call up famous people and they would do that. They would do like if it was Paul Simon, you screw up and say it was Neil they Simon. Had, they would ask Neil Simon, Paul Simon, they'd ask Neil Simon questions, and they'd be like, No, 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 you got the wrong guy, you got the wrong guy. Oh, okay, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then you go right back into another Neil Simon, right. you know, like, what, 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 was, have you Broadway, what was your best Broadway feeling? You know, and Paul Simon would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, Well, actually, Paul was on Broadway. He had that one, I forget, uh, One Trick Pony that actually, I think, opened and closed the same night. Oh, so really? He actually made, yes, made a play he, out of did, that uh, song. Did he headline in it or? Uh... He was in it. It absolutely crashed and burned. But uh, yeah, don't don't over research where you're going to ask them the most no picky questions just to prove how well you're digging into it, and then don't ask the, the wrong question because you have no idea who this person is. I mean, I, I actually got that once in um, in an interview years ago uh, for for my movie theater because Barry Norman is a name he's dead now, but he was the name of the the movie critic for the BBC. Yes, yes, that's what fucks me up so bad. Like. When I'm researching you, it brings up he him. comes up. Now the funny thing is, like, you say you put my IMD profile on there, right? Yes, yes. Some of the pictures for some of my films. His yeah. picture. <laughs> yes. When you look up Barry Norman on IMBD, there's a two. The other, the old dead guy comes up. The old dead guy, this old BBC guy. And I'm like, that ain't Barry. Like. No, well, like what makes it even worse is the last film that I know uh, produced you know, uh, myself is called Sticky Wicket. That Barry Norman has a book called Sticky, Sticky Wicket. Wicket. And like I said, he's also, his nickname in the BBC was the Roger Ebert of the BBC. Well, I met Roger Ebert when he was giving a talk at Turner Broadcasting when I worked for WCW. So I actually got the moderator to shut the talk down because here's the question I asked. Um, I asked the question, it says, when you were doing Siskel and Ebert, uh, your partner, Gene Siskel, wanted, he came on a show. He said, I want to be the first film reviewer on record to say a movie turned me on. And uh, he's, uh, so he mentioned the name of the movie that turned him on. I said, do you want to go right now for the record, say what movie turned you on? That's when the moderator said, okay, that's it. So the, the, the interview is over. So I met him afterwards because <laughs> uh, he was signing copies of his book. I hated, hated, hated this movie. So I asked him for, you know, if he you know, signed a copy for it. He goes, yes. He goes, what's your name? And I go, Barry Norman. So he just rolls his eyes because he knows the other Barry Norman. So right, of course, right, the guy right, that asked right, the question right. that shut down his, you know, his Q&A is now asking. So he probably thought I was just saying that to screw with him. Or, or whatever, but he says, "Oh God, him again." So yeah, I, it's, it's it's a thing. I'm 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 not dead. Barry Norman, who is uh, he, he was a big thing. He was a film reviewer. Wrote a book, same title as one of my films, and he also has something to do with pickles. I'm not quite sure, but he has something to do with 
I think he wrote a book about pickle pre 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 no, preservation. Not sure. So yeah, you're, so you're, you're the alive Barry. I well, barely. I'm. No, yeah. when, when he when, when he did die, I actually sent a note to the BBC. I said, "Look, I'm in film. Put me on the show to review films and think of all the money you'll save. You don't have to change your graphics." So we had to put that up. Gary Norman comes up, huh? Yeah, they they they, they didn't go for that. God, I love you. I, I, I love you. I, I love that we stay in touch, like even off this, like uh, every now and again, just like have, have a great conversation, like on uh, Messenger and stuff like that. You're absolutely beautiful. We've been on for an hour and 15. Oh, I'm so sorry to your listeners. I'm sorry, everybody. I you can never be sorry because you are wonderful. You're, you're my fucking hero. You are who I want to be when I grow up other than the other guy. I wouldn't uh, wish that on anybody. You're absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Barry, tell everybody where they can find you. Tell everybody where they can find your books, your movies, your everything, because you are fucking phenomenal. You, you have the right. God among men. If you want to find my books, you can go to my website, barryrnorman.com. A Bad Day for Grandpa will be on there later this year. Uh, right now, my last book, which only came out a few months ago, is on there. So barryrnorman.com. Uh, if you want to find, there's only one of my films that you can see for free. And just go to um, Film Freeway, No Tears of Bankers. The name of the film is No Tears um, uh, uh, for Bankers. Where do you find uh, Deadbeat? Deadbeats is hard to find. It was it was on. I know. I know. I fucking love dickhead. I'm like I want to see this. Nick Foley's fucking in it. You, you might have to go to something like uh, um, eBay to see if someone's selling their copy of Best of Troma Dance Two. So that's where uh, they put my film on the cover. Deadbeats starring Mick Foley. Troma isn't selling. If you go to Troma.com, they say they're not selling it anymore. So maybe if enough people bother Troma, go to Troma.com and say, I want deadbeats. I want your best at Troma.com. Other than that, try eBay. I mean, there's copies floating around there. There gotta be. So All right. All right. Hopefully. So, uh, everything else, go ahead. Uh, like I said, uh, No Tears for Bankers is the easiest film to find for free on the internet. Uh, deadbeats, you can't find it. Uh, Rick's Canoe. Is another film that you can find. I made that in Santa Fe in 2005. That stars a great character actor who that was actually his last film. Val de Vargas was in Hatari with John Wayne. He was in um, Touch of Evil that was directed and starring um, Orson Welles, Charlton Heston playing a Mexican cop, and uh, Janet Leigh. And um, what else was on? Oh, The Magnificent Seven. So uh, Rick's Canoe starring me and Val de Vargas. Uh, no Tears for Bankers actually has um, my former best friend of 32 years, Sid Vicious, professional wrestler. He's in that film. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm suing him. He begged me to write his, uh, his autobiography. We had a huge falling out, not over the book, so he won't let it come out. That would be actually book number eight. Yeah, he can go hook himself and so can Steve. Well, uh, he's, his health is not good. He's, I don't care. Uh, so I actually just contacted his wife today. I sent her a copy. I said, "Tell him." Oh, wait, are you talking about Are you talking about Sid or Steve? Sid. Steve. I'm talking about uh, Sid Vicious. Oh, Sid. You're talking about Sid. Okay. I'm talking about Steve as well. So oh. anyway, 
No, so I, I, I told his wife, I said, when he, when he passes away, which unfortunately is going to be sooner rather than later, there's going to be a race to the bottom to write his biography, and they're going to put all the dirt that I wouldn't put in. No, I protected his ass. I mean, and the fact that he no-showed so many no uh, indie promotions, uh, I didn't put that him. in there. Uh, fuck I, him. I said it was because he injured his thumb because he was a semi-pro tiddlywink player. I said, and if you believe that, so that book isn't out yet, so hopefully that'll be out one day. Let's see, what else have I done? Um, the books are easiest to find. My films, not so much. A Contact Trauma insists that they get the best of Trauma Dance Part 2 out so you can get your copy of Deadbeats. Um, and, and, and that's it. Um, like I said, I have three movies that I'm working on now. Hopefully they'll be out next year. Hopefully they'll get done. It's not so easy to get films produced anymore because theatrical is dead. Nobody knows what streaming is going to be. So come to Everett High School. See me, you know, watch me speak Germany, a bunch of uh, you know, Brazilian kids. Teaching Substitute Live at... I'm easy to find. I'm the guy with the most ridiculously colorful clothes where everyone else is wearing schmata. If you don't know what schmata means, that's Yiddish for crappy clothes. <laughs> I love this guy. Barry Norman. Barry Norman, thank you so much for being on. Hang out. I'm going to close this out. Uh, everybody, if you missed the rest of the show, go back and watch it. If you don't, you're a fucking loser. Uh, this guy is fucking fantastic. If you want to get a hold of him, get a hold of me. Mr. Holiday at uh, m.w.holiday on Facebook. Message me. All right, man. Uh, we will talk to you later. Here, here we go. Yeah, I've drank a lot of uh, booze. So, from uh, a room next to my bathroom in my basement, this has been my worst holiday. Good night, everybody. <laughs>